Welcome back to another episode of Impact Your Marketplace. And before we get started, I want to thank everyone, the loyal listeners, my podcast family, for their comments, support, and motivation that I received in 2019. It honestly means the world to me that this podcast, this platform, is helping people move towards a life of intentionality, helping people become better leaders, a life with purpose, then positively impacting their personal marketplace. But enough of 2019, let's get focused on 2020. So, how's yours? We're a couple months in now. What does your 2020 feel like? Does it look a lot like 2019 and is that good? Or is that bad? You see, I purposely delayed the release of this episode to let the January ambition fade. Once those feelings, that motivation go away, well, we typically fall back into the patterns of old. Tim Tebow actually recently addressed this same thought, and he labeled it convictions versus emotions. Choose to follow your convictions, he says, not your emotions. Convictions will push you through the difficult times when the emotions of motivation have faded. When your emotions say, I'm tired, I don't really want to get up and grind. Your convictions, they'll say, I'm going to be the first one up, and I'm going to embrace the grind. When your emotions say, I think I've done enough. Your convictions say, there's always more I can do. And your emotions say, yeah, I'm pretty good. Well, your convictions say, but I want to be great. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to discuss the business principle of mindsets. We'll find out how to take a motivation and actually change it into a conviction. We'll take a deep dive into what a mindset is. And once we're aware of it, how we can begin to shape our lives. You're listening to the Impact Your Marketplace podcast with your host, Todd Alguire. And now, here's Todd. All right, let's jump right into mindsets. Webster's Dictionary says mindset is a mental attitude or inclination. I've often heard it as lenses in which you view the world. Well, modern psychology, they say mindsets about Our own personal abilities or potential actually are the main fuel of our behaviors and can actually predict our success. So, if all these things are true, you can see why this topic is vitally important. You may be asking, so where do I get my mindset from? Well, actually, we manifest our mindset from a very early age and it directly impacts our behavior, our relationships with success and failure, and in both the professional and personal contexts. It ultimately has a capacity for our happiness. And this is super important because a very common mindset is that when you have or achieve success, then you will be happy, right? If you get that new truck, if you get that new job, if you get that raise, that trinket, or that 20 pounds of January that you set for yourself, whatever line it is that you draw on the sand, once we get there, why does the happiness always gone? It's fleeting, right? The line always continues to move. A great example of this is King Solomon, the king of Israel. He had a net worth of $2 trillion. Yes, I said trillion. And oh yeah, that's in 931 BC. The richest man to ever walk the face of this earth. Please don't try to compare him to Bill Gates or any other wealthy person of our time. King Solomon could make law if he felt like it. Well, He sets out in his memoirs to fulfill himself with the things of this world. We're talking anything 
trinkets, gold, houses, national forests. He built them. He did parties, not a party, a month-long party. He filled it with women. He, he stopped at nothing. And at the end of his memoirs, he says this, it's all vanity, a chasing after the wind. A toil of man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied. And that's because the opposite of that common mindset is true. Happiness is actually a choice. And when you choose to be happy, this actually has a profound impact and will ultimately lead to success. So now that we know the importance of a mindset and the basic principle behind it, I want to tell you about the two mindsets that the world is actually made up of, a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Now, both of these mindsets have the same starting point, and that is this, that people are born with natural aptitudes, talents, interests, and temperaments. Let me say it again. People are born with natural aptitudes, talents, interests, and temperaments. We all start here. But depending on the environment in which you were brought up in, you have been fostered or adopted either a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. So let's dive into each of those a little bit deeper. The fixed mindset says this. It assumes character, intelligence, creative ability are all static. And what I mean by static is that you can't change it in a meaningful way. Small incremental changes maybe, but overarching Big changes cannot happen. And because of that, success becomes the affirmation of that inherited intelligence. And because of that, you're always striving to succeed by avoiding failure, always maintaining the sense of being smart, skilled, and accepted, because it's about how you measure up. In a world of a fixed mindset, success is about proving you're smart and talented, ultimately validating yourself. On the other hand, you have your growth mindset. Now, those same personality, character, intelligence, and creative ability, with the growth mindset, those are just a starting point that will be developed and will be developed through effort. The ability to change anything through learning, application, or effort will happen, right? Failure is defined by not growing or not reaching or not fulfilling your full potential. They see failure as a springboard for growth and not evidence of unintelligence. In the growth mindset, effort is what makes you smart and talented. These two mindsets, they're powerful. And 20 years of research has shown that the view that you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. And as a result, I don't divide the world into weak and the strong, or the successful and the unsuccessful as most do. My lenses have changed, and I now divide the world into learners and non-learners, either growth or fixed mindsets. When I say Michael Jordan, Walt Disney, the Beatles, what's the first thing that comes to mind? An often answer is highly successful people, right? But when I tell you Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team, Walt Disney fired from his first job for not being creative enough, and the Beatles turned away because guitar groups we're on their way out. The question is, do you have a passion for learning rather than a hunger for approval? Do you have a conviction that qualities like intelligence, creativity, even relational capacities like love and friendship, can they be cultivated through effort and deliberate practice? If so, you will not be discouraged by failure 
you actually don't see yourself as failing. You see yourself as learning. So now you have heard both sides of the spectrum, and you may find yourself identifying with the growth mindset. And if that's the case, you're starting to understand that a growth mindset is a positive perception. You shape your life, you shape your pursuits, your identity, everything about you out of three important traits, happiness, gratitude, and optimism. These three have the greatest impact on your ability to grow. Happiness, the more you pick up on the positive, the better you feel and advance your performance. Gratitude, the more positive opportunities you see, the more grateful you become. And optimism, the more your brain picks up on the positive, the more you will expect the trend to continue and the more optimistic you will be. Studies show that consistent gratitude of grateful people are more energetic, emotionally intelligent, forgiving, less likely to be depressed, anxious, or lonely. So my challenge to you is this. Continue on with a growth mindset and impact your marketplace, your family, your friends, coworkers, the next generation. Lead by example. Create a positive environment, giving them new lenses in which to see the world. Now, if you find yourself in the fixed category, just because you're conditioned to think this way, please hear me. You don't have to stay here. I'm actually going to give you tools and steps to literally retrain your mind and your beliefs. Before we start, though, I want to give a shout out to two great resources that will help you and did help me. A book called Mindsets by Dr. Carol Dweck and The Happiness Advantage by Sean Anker. I highly recommend both those reads if you want to take a deeper dive into what we're talking about today. So, do you believe that it's possible? Do you actually think that it's possible to retrain your brain? Well, the answer is yes. Studies by neurobiologists and cognitive psychologists state that each person has the ability to create new neural pathways and literally rewire the brain. This was actually proven in something called the Tetris effect. At Harvard University, there was a study done for 27 people that were actually paid to play Tetris for three days straight. No sleeping, nonstop, three days straight. Sounds pretty good, right? Getting paid to play video games? But wait until you hear the side effects. These people could not stop seeing fallen shapes. They literally were thinking and seeing shapes wherever they went, even in their sleep. Simply put, they actually rewired their brain to see the world as made up of Tetris blocks. It's something called a cognitive afterimage. Simply imagine when you look into the sun and you look away and you see that green ball in the middle of your eye for a while. Well, that's what happens. You continually do something over and over and over again and it actually gets wired into your brain. So as a result, it's easy for our brains to get stuck in patterns. Studies show that 95% of human behavior, 95%, ladies and gentlemen, how we think, what we say, and our overall actions fall into the habitual category. When you really start to think about it, it's kind of scary. So step one, identify your Tetris effect. What strongholds, what lies have you fed yourself over and over and over again, possibly from a young age, and then you ultimately believed it? These thoughts have been like pathways walked over and over again 
to create a beaten pathway into your brain. It's time to make a new path. You have a choice. You can control your mind and you can change your mind. Step two, understand your beliefs directly affect and influence your actions. There's two ways that this happens. It's called your counterfact and your explanatory style. Now consider this story. At the end of the story, I'm going to need you to answer one question immediately and without hesitation. Here's the story. You've been trying to run errands for the full week. However, one by one thing after another, just hadn't been able to do it. Now it's Saturday morning, your alarm goes off, and you don't want to get out of bed. It's raining. Terrible day. You'd rather be in bed and just relaxing and, and kind of being a little lazy. But you have to do these errands. You have to go to the bank, you have to go to Home Depot, and you have to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Great little Saturday. You drag yourself out of bed and you make your way. You hit Home Depot first. You get what you need to do. You stand in line and of course you pick the longest line that isn't moving and in front of you is the person that wants to use a coupon that doesn't work. You're looking at your watch and you realize, man, I got to get to the bank because the bank closes early on Saturday. So you make that your next stop. You get to the bank and you walk into the bank. Immediately behind you, a bank robber walks in. He holds up the bank and fires one shot. You're the one that gets shot. Now, you're actually in the ambulance telling the paramedic what happened. Here's your question. Do you feel lucky or unlucky? What's your answer? Lucky or unlucky? Now, got your answer? Let's start with unlucky. Someone answering this scenario as an unlucky might say something in this regard. I feel unlucky because out of everyone there, I was the one that got shot. Or if I just would have went to the bank first instead of Home Depot, this whole thing could have been avoided. On the other hand, the person that answers lucky could say, well, man, at least I wasn't shot in the face or worse, I could have died. Either way, you have created a counterfact. A counterfact is an event our brain creates as an alternate scenario to help us evaluate and make sense of what really happened. Both counterfacts, lucky and unlucky, are completely made up. But both have the power to make us feel fortunate or make us feel helpless. And again, our feelings and our beliefs directly impact and direct our actions. Now, let's move on to explanatory style. How would you explain that past event? Do you choose to explain the nature of past events by being local and temporary? Or do you interpret adversity as more global and permanent? Now, both, again, have a direct effect on how we feel. An explanatory style is so powerful that it actually is used to predict how well students will do in high school. Our U.S. military uses it for new recruits, pro athletes. It even can depict how well someone will recover from coronary bypass surgery. It's time to be attuned to your counterfact and your explanatory style. The next time you find yourself working through a situation, ask yourself, is this alternate fake scenario that you just created 
leaving you feeling fortunate or helpless? Does your explanatory style coming from a growth mindset of local and temporary adversity that can serve as a springboard for growth? Step three, change your conviction to a passion of learning. With the growth mindset, rather than a hunger for approval with a fixed mindset. To drive this home, I want to tell you about my two sons, Ben, he's six, and Brooks, he's two. It honestly was just crazy the fact that I saw some of these things that I was learning about as I was reading through the mindsets. Each day, Ben and Brooks, they stretch their skills. And these aren't ordinary skills, but the, some of the hardest of the lifetime. Ben, he's learning to read. And Brooks, he's learning to walk and talk and speak a language. But they never decide it's too hard or not worth the effort. My boys, they don't worry about making a mistake or humiliating themselves. They walk and they fall, and they stumble over words when reading. But they continually get up, and they constantly move forward with great resolve. And that is inspiring. Ben now speaks of his hard work and effort is what makes him successful, not the grade or the result. And we can learn from that, that childlike faith that we all had at one time. But as soon as we started to evaluate ourselves against others, then we started to become afraid of challenges. Step four, understand it's a process and ask for help. Through happiness, gratitude, and optimism, lean into each day. Hold tight to your new beliefs and your convictions. Paul in Galatians 6.9 says it best. Let us not become weary. In doing good for the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I truly appreciate the time that you have spent with me today. I hope you find the content valuable. These business principles discussed today are necessities in the pursuit of excellence. You and your team have the potential to bless a lot of people for a long time. Please join me again next time as we continue to build on these foundations and truly impact your marketplace. If you have a question that you would like Tatu answer, or if you would like to take a deeper dive into the specifics of your business, email Todd at impactyourmarketplace at gmail.com.